Hey there, welcome to this special Advent series of the Being Church podcast. For the next four weeks of Advent, we're going to release episodes on Fridays. Every episode is going to be hosted by myself, Elisa, and Father Matthew Kinney, our pastor. We'll be diving into the theology of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI's book, The Infancy Narratives. This is part of our Parish Advent Mission Online. If you want to be a part of this digital mission and get Father Matthew's gospel reflections sent right to your inbox, go ahead and text the phrase Advent Online, all one word, to the number 84576. That's Advent Online, all one word, to 84576. You go ahead and text that and you get the Advent Mission right to your phone. Every Sunday, you'll get a message with a guided meditation for adults and children and reflection questions to guide your prayer that week. And this is a great way to hit the pause button during our busy Advent season. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Being Church Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome, everyone, to the Being Church Podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Melissa. And I'm Father Matthew Kinney. And uh, this is the first of four Advent-specific podcasts that the Being Church Podcast is doing um, as part of our Advent Parish mission. We're going to be reflecting on this book called The Infancy Narratives uh, by Pope Benedict XVI. So we encourage you to purchase it and uh, read along with us. We're going to do a chapter a week and just offer some insights that we have. We're going to pick Father Matthew's brain, mm. uh, hear his deep theology. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hopefully this will be an edifying read for our Advent season. Um, so let's just get right into it. Uh, yeah, sounds good. We read the chapter. Father, you read this chapter like or you read this book like a week after I gave it to you. Like I was ago. excited about this. Yeah. this. This whole idea of like the uh, Advent mission online yeah. uh, has, has been exciting to me because, you know, we, we all want to do things during Advent, but Lord, it's just so hard to find time it's so during quick Christmas. And everything's jam-packed. And it's you know, like, so yeah. the idea of having a mission where you could be able to do it in your own home, you could mm-hmm. be able to do it with uh, these these different uh, options that we have, praying, scriptures, meditations, and then now the the, the book here and the podcast with the book. Um, this just seemed to me like a great way of doing this. Yeah, and at least you listen to it with your family or you're going to. Yeah, so I, we're going to make this the uh, the prayer that we do. So when we have dinner, we light the Advent candle, yep. and then some days we do uh, a reading for our Jesse tree, and then some days we'll do the reflection that Father Matthew does. It's just a really good like dinner time. Slow it down. Yeah, it's been a hectic day. We're all kind of eating and yep. just uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's I've perfect. talked to several people who are adding those reflections to their prayer time throughout the week, and oh, they're good. like, it's great, because they're like, it's the same reading, but I get something new out of it every day. And oh, so, so they're, they're listening to it more than yeah, once. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Which is really well, that's, awesome. And that's that's Gridlexio Divina, but yeah, all right. Right, exactly, exactly. So I think they're being really well received. Um, and if you want to subscribe to the Advent Mission online, uh, you can look in the show notes down below for the uh, the text to join number, or you can listen to the intro at the beginning of this podcast again and uh, text to join. So let's talk about uh, this book. Yes, it infancy narratives. The infancy narratives, heavy theology. <laughs> At least yeah. it was saying that like Benedict is actually really easy to read. Yeah, I was shocked. Some... I've never actually like set out to read. I call him Papa Benny because, um... <laughs> of course you do. 
I'm sure he'd appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would. Um, I just have never set out because I just think he has this like uh, vibe of like being way, way, way heady, and and it is. But it, I told Tom, I, he did it in in pieces that I could consume very easily. The, the mm-hmm. first chapter isn't very long at all. Yeah, right. And it, the first chapter starts with these like. We're going to call them origin stories of Jesus, right? Right. Like, yes. Because that fits your superhero. It does. It does. <laughs> I mean, every, every superhero has to have an origin story. That's right. That's and, right. and Jesus is even better than a superhero. <laughs> yeah. So he gets, he gets he three is. origin yeah. stories. Right. This, exactly. This, so, uh, so why outline. are there three? Like scripture, we go through scripture and the synoptics have different origins and John's got a different origin story. And Benedict talks about this a little bit, but tell us a little bit about why there are three. Right. So this, this ties into a bigger question and I think it's worth us uh, taking a look at this because we can run across, especially if there are people who are critical mm-hmm. of the Bible and of the scriptures uh, or even just questioning, just have questions. And these are, you know, it doesn't even have to be mean spirited questions, but just questions of like, well, why are there redundant mm-hmm. and even contradictory Mm -hmm. stories that you find, you know, in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And this feels like in some ways, such a kind of a modern question. Oh, we're finally noticing, Mm -hmm. you know, that there's these contradictory things that are happening in the Bible. We're so smart now that we're (laughs) on all this textual criticism and so forth. I mean, of course not. Right. Like all the way back to the beginning when the first canon was being put together, they were quite aware Mm -hmm. that there were different stories, different versions of what was going on through the four different gospels. They they tell fundamentally, you know, the same story of the life of Jesus. But when we look at each one of them, they're they're actually, they are different, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They they tell things in different order, or they give certain details uh, in a different way. And, you know, now, if you were to be a... uh, uh, try to read the Bible in a certain way, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes you can you can find people who want to read the Bible this way, where they they would find that well anything that would be like a contradiction. And here, if we can go especially to this particular text, you see Matthew says, well, here's the genealogy of Jesus. Here's all of the ancestors, and he starts laying back the names of all mm-hmm. the ancestors going back. Luke does the same thing, but the problem is that they're not the same people right. that it's are like on the list. It's like a totally different lineage. It's like yeah. a totally different <laughs> right. lineage. So, you know, you're asking yourself the question, like, well, okay, so does that mean that the Bible is wrong or that one of them is right and the other one is right. wrong? But either way, now you're in a situation where you're saying, well, if if the Bible is wrong, then... That's not good. Then, then what are we then, doing? Then, then, <laughs> right. then, then how is the Bible truth? Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Like, and that's, I think, an important question to just like to, to let's, I mean, let's right away. Mm. Let's take it the chance to be able to, uh, um, to look at that. And I think one of the things that we need to uh, recognize in the right away at this, both with this and just in reading the scriptures in, yeah. in general, um, is that we have to understand uh, you know, what's the, what's the genre of literature that we're dealing with? Like, what's the intention of the author when they're writing? This? Right. Because it is literature. Right. It, it's, I mean, it's, it's formally written down. It, yeah. it, there was a specific plan, you know, of, sure. of how they were going to write down this, you know, this life of Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's game changing really when you start to consider the purpose and the genre, because then it's, it shifts how you read it, how yep. you digest it totally changes when you think about who the author was, what they were trying. And I think that's what Pope Benedict does so well is he lays out like there is a 
reason why Luke's genealogy and Matthew's genealogy looks different. What they were trying to accomplish is totally different. Right. You know, so you need to understand, like, it's it's about context, right? And understanding the mm-hmm. proper context uh, between it. You know, if, you know, and to give a very kind of, you know, simple example or, or, or over the top kind of example, actually, uh, you know, imagine that if you saw, you know, that the, the headlines on the front of a book, right, said, you know, uh, Martians invade earth, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Like you see this maybe on the, on the front of a book and then you look at the book and you realize it's a science fiction novel, right? Right. No problem. This sounds like fun, (laughs) right? Yeah. You know, this could, this could be good. Right. Um, but then, you know, it would be a very different thing if those headlines were on the front of the front page of the Austin American Statesman. Yes. Right. What are we, what kind of document are we looking at here? And what we're looking at here, uh, between the the three that we're going to be looking at here, Matthew, Luke, and John, that's Mm -hmm. what Pope Benedict uh, is looking at here, um, they're not trying to do what we would consider, say, like, uh, journalism, Mm -hmm. right? Where you're trying to tell (laughs) a story, Mm -hmm. where you're trying to, like, lay down every single, like, the timeline, or a biography in the sort of modern sense of, you know, you're trying to lay down exactly a timeline. They have very sophisticated understandings of how you would write the story of a person's life mm-hmm. that, that happens. We see that in Luke. We see that in Matthew, right? Mm-hmm. We see that in John. But especially in the antiquity, a lot of that would be, well, you organize what you're going to say about that person, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to be able to highlight the importance of what they were doing with their life, mm. not just like the, the, the sort they of existed. the facts right. of, the of, of, a, of a timeline. So that's is... frustrating to us. I understand sure, in our, sure, in our right. uh, approach that they're more interested in the, what does it mean and what is it accomplishing this person's life? Yeah. Not trying to get so strict about necessarily all the details. But so it actually becomes more beautiful to, oh, yeah. to yeah. read it when you do. Um, and I'm hoping that you'll go, um, just briefly behind kind of the purpose and the reason, yeah. the reasons yeah, we behind oh, three, yeah, absolutely. um, the three genealogies, because it did help me. It changed my perspective on just a lot that yeah. had to do with why each thing was, was so important. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, it is historical in a sense, in mm-hmm. the sense that like, all of the people in these genealogies existed because the writers are trying to locate Jesus in history. Right. Mm -hmm. But some of the genealogies are a little more artistic to emphasize a specific purpose of Jesus's life. Right. So let's go ahead and tackle the Matthew one first, because that one gives us a, uh, I, I think it helps us to understand why and what was being accomplished in this genealogy. So, um, you, you read through the, this genealogy of Matthew. And of course, uh, I skip if you're, it always, yeah, if you're like me, you know, <laughs> yeah, you dude. probably skip it every single time. I'm always amazed because this is one of the <laughs> genealogies of is one of the, uh, it's the scripture for the Christmas Eve. Yeah. Uh, and mass, like, right. And so, I come to church. Like, this is the children's mass, right? The children's <laughs> mass always has the genealogy where you spend an entire chapter doing it. nothing, but you know, and such and such beget such and such and beget Talking such about and beginning such beginning and weird and, names. And it's not yeah, good for right. children's mass. <laughs> right. And so, you know, it's, it's always just, it's odd, but okay. So most people flip over it, you know, they just, you know, Oh, we'll flip the page and go on to the next thing. And what's more, it's, it's very formulaic yeah. in the way that it's laid out. And, and Matthew draws 
goes out of his way to draw a distinction. He says, okay, here's the genealogy and, and here's the major characters that we have going on with this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's Abraham. Mm-hmm. Like if we had to pick the two most important names out of here, Abraham to David, yep. and then that leads to Jesus. Right. 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 And then they specifically point out the number of generations that are going on, right? So there's these, these, these generations that lead up to Abraham, the generations that lead up to David, and then the generations that lead up to Jesus. And they specifically point out that it is three sets of 14, which that seems like an odd sort of <laughs> so number to, to end up on, right? Like yeah. in Matthew, but from a Jewish perspective, they would have been able to hear something important. Right. Wait a minute. Sets of 14... And I know this is all really complicated, numerology, but, but it's, but it's numerology. It's the way that they would do these things. Yeah. Um, the 14 was seven plus seven. So you have the first set of generations is 14. So that's seven plus seven and then another seven plus seven and then another seven plus seven. So you have six sets of seven, right? which means that now when we get to Jesus, we are now at the seven, uh, seven. Oh. Now this is critical oh. for a Jewish perspective because Seven is the blessing number. Yeah. It's the day of blessing. It's the day mm. of Sabbath. It's the day when God rested and blessed his creation. But also they had this tradition. You can find this in the Old Testament that they would have uh, a seven times seven, you know, that would get you up to the 49. Mm. Seven times seven is 49. And then that would immediately lead into what they would call the Jubilee year. Seven, seven times is 49. It's 49. And then the Jubilee year is the Jubilee year. So the Jubilee year was meant to be this year in which you would have this great celebration. Um, Debts would be repaid. Mm. Slaves would be set free, Mm. right? Uh, Things would be set right again. Mm. Now, put that perspective on, right? What is Matthew now saying with this genealogy? We are heading into the the big jubilee that right because it's not seven years times seven years it's seven it's the seven seven generation right this it's, is the jubilee generation this right. is the jubilee generation now we should what should we expect to happen we should expect that god is going to come god is going to set free his people things are going to be set right wow, wow. that's what's uh, so so matthew has this uh, uh has this you know thing and and it's a very jewish notion right yeah which is pushed even further by who are the main characters here? Abraham right. and David. Right. Huh. <laughs> I like, though, I like, though, and tell me if I'm wrong, awesome. that Benedict says in here, he kind of brings forth towards the end of talking about Matthew, is um, the three women that were in... The sinners. Yes. Yeah. But no, but women. you know what? He says that they were the only Gentiles, yes. which uh-huh. then opens up. Look at Elisa sounding like Tomorrow what? Rahab and Ruth. I feel like I need to text Father Doug right now and be like, Elisa's <laughs> spouting. Um so right, doesn't it doesn't it isn't that interesting that then he brings in the Gentiles? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So this is and this is where it actually we can this is an excellent transition. Good Thank job. you, Lisa. Good this job. is perfect. We didn't even practice this. <laughs> I know. It was amazing. So yeah, in Matthew's gospel, he's focusing especially in on how Jesus is fulfilling the promise that God gave to his people mm-hmm. through Abraham, through David, and now finally through Jesus in this Jubilee, this seventh, seventh generation, mm-hmm. right? But as you mentioned, part of that plan that we see in Matthew, right, is... Uh, 
that it's not just God's blessing to his people, but it's God's blessing through his people to the whole world, Mm -hmm. to the nations, to the Gentiles, Mm -hmm. right? And Matthew brings that in by bringing up the... The, the, the women who are part of this, who are normally not included in genealogies at all, right? right? So it's right. a very strange thing to add them into the list. But they're added in, and we can see that echo of this. And of course, the end of Matthew's gospel, what do we see? Jesus says, now I'm sending you out to Jerusalem, Samaria, and then to the whole world, mm. right? So this what is, what is foreshadowed in a sense of God fulfilling his promise to Israel yeah. is then you know, going out to all the world. Okay. Now with that, we can take a look at Luke's version. Yeah. See, because Luke's version kind of takes that as a starting point. See, because what we, what we see in Luke's version is that there's not quite so much the focus onto Abraham and David, but what is focused when you start work, he he works his way genealogy back, right? Mm -hmm. All the way back to what? Adam and Eve. To Adam. Right, Adam. To Adam. Yeah. To Adam, who's the son of God, right? So the idea behind Luke's account is not so much focusing on Jesus being the fulfillment of God's promise to his people that he had chosen through Abraham and David, but God's fulfillment of his plan that goes all the way back to creation. Yes. To Adam, right? Yeah. Yeah. To the very beginning. Right. All the way back. So you can be able to see this like scope of all of humanity being uh being included here which again ties in with a lot of luke's themes Mm -hmm. because luke is the one who is uh uh, a lot of his text is aimed more towards a gentile audience right right? not so much matthew is way more interested in talking especially to the jewish audience luke is understood as being much more interested and so he's going to focus in on his audience yeah who are these new Gentile Christians coming into the into the understanding. So where's he going to start? Well, he's going to want to tell the story specifically, not from the Jewish perspective necessarily, but from the perspective of saying, hey, it, this is for all of humanity yeah. right from the beginning, including those people that were part of his audience. This is so interesting because these genealogies to me right now, they're appearing as not simply, you know, because there's a spiritual dimension, which I'll say more about in a second, but it's also... I mean, keeping in mind that these are forms of writing, mm-hmm. it's a way to attract an audience. It's a way to envelop your audience into this story. Yeah. To say that yeah. this Jesus is for you too, like whether you're a Gentile or a Jew or whoever you are. That's really interesting. That's an interesting, as literary devices, <laughs> yeah. that is it's like... clever. Very clever. Yeah. Hey, we're so smart, our, us modern people. <laughs> like, we modern people. Like, that's really interesting. But also, like, everything you're saying, everything Benedict writes, it reminds me, like, why there are origin stories at all. Because you're right. You can read this, and you're like, this is, like, so stupid. Like, a waste of writing. Like, right. why did you do all this genealogy work? But because we see where Jesus comes from, we see his mission. Mm-hmm. We see his purpose. Mm. Uh, and that's also really important because Absolutely. if we're drawn into that story, like his mission it is for us. It's our story also. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then you become part of the story. So yeah. yeah. So you're starting to see that this is not like if you had just laid out a timeline, right. As just sort of objective facts, yep. that would have been useful for something. Very interesting. It would have been maybe, yeah, maybe interesting and useful. Sure. Right. But it would not have, communicated the idea that this is part of, this is a story that you now 
yeah. can be connected to, hmm. right? The same way that, that Luke's does and reaching out to the Gentiles or Matthew's does reaching out, you know, especially yeah. to God's, God's Jewish people. So it's, it's, it's about communication. And hmm. as far as communication goes, this is important, effective communication. It is communicating a truth. Yeah. It might not just be historical fact. Right. And yeah. so, you know, when we say that the Bible is giving us truth, right? Like we need to recognize like, that those those are truths that can be being communicated here too. And right, and like and, and this is not a naive approach. Right. It's not as though right. like as right. Christians we're just sort of like, well, we're just gonna gloss over and we'll do anything we can to make the Bible sound right. You know, anything yeah, exactly. I mean, Pope Benedict, the Pope, right? Like the Pope Emeritus Emeritus is is there and he's saying uh, in this, you know, he he literally lays out there. He says, "Oh yeah, I've seen that people have tried to be able to like figure out how to make these two genealogies work together or some complicated system." And he says, "The whole thing is just a futile he's effort." Like, hold my yeah, beer. that's exactly he's what like, he hold said. Hold my beer. Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> like, that's like he says, "That's that you've 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 misunderstood yes right. what the is trying to be communicated and the truth that's trying to be communicated here." Yeah. Did you have a? You look like yeah. You're... I just no. I so going kind of back to how this leads into us this is what uh papa benny says it says about this um this luke account jesus takes upon himself the whole of humanity the whole history of man and he gives it a decisive reorientation toward a new manner of human existence so i just thought it lovely that he just that was kind of the ending uh portion of his of the when he was explaining luke and he just he does he tells us that like this becomes kind of a turning point. He goes all the way back to Adam and mm-hmm. then it just, mm-hmm. it continues on and it just kind of twists. It changes like the direction we're headed. That's really interesting. All of Jesus's ministry. And I know we still have to get to John, but all of Jesus's ministry is reorientation, mm-hmm. right? Repent and believe, turn around, oh, come yeah. back to God. Uh-huh. Like already in his genealogy, in his provenance, whatever, like where he comes from right. is already doing that work. Like reorienting, turning back to, that's really cool. So I read this, but I'm as, still learning things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just, it was 11 pages the first. And I was just like, so I'm really excited to get to John because John was where he lost me. I was well, like, John's and, confusing. Yeah. and I'm done you're, understanding. You're, you're lost here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it so is this different. Is, it is. So a this gives us the so third different. one. And, yeah. and, and again, maybe a little context is worthwhile yes, here. Yes. Yes. So when we look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, those three uh, gospels present the story of the life of Jesus in a in a what they call a, a, a synoptic way, which is mm-hmm. to say a, a, from a single perspective. Right, that they're variances, but they're they're mostly the same. John's gospel has a very different tone, very different way. In fact, it basically has zero. The other ones have uh, common. Uh, mm-hmm. um, language where they use the same stories or something like that. Um, John's is completely like totally from the top animal. to the bottom, completely different, uh, rewritten, you yeah. know, kind of version of this. So John's version is going to be different. And, and John does give an origin story, but he's coming at it from a very different perspective. He's not giving a genealogy. Um, he is he's giving the perspective not of Jesus as the son of Mary, right? But as the son of God. So, so this is coming at it from this sort of divine, like cosmic perspective Mm. of who Jesus is. 
So, you know, we talk about Jesus being true God and true man. Right. This is this is giving us the, if if Luke and Matthew gave us a lot more of the true man side, this is giving us the, the true, true God. God. And you're talking about the, in the oh, beginning okay. was the word. Right, right. right. So the, the, the very famous like opening. Of the very gospel. famous opening to John's gospel. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I should be able to say more of this because I, I said it like three times. Right, well, this is our Advent in the reflection, Advent reflection right? Yeah, like exactly. four times I, I, I said okay. it in the Advent reflection, right? Gave us a chance to, to think about this. Um, and like right there, what we have going on, you, you know, we, we saw before it was like, oh, Matthew's gospel was to the, especially to God's people, the Jewish people. And then it's like, well, Matt Luke's gospel is like, well, all of uh, all of humanity, right. all the way back to to right. our first fathers, right, our first parents, right. Well, and then you know John's there and he's like, ha, 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 hold my beer, okay. <laughs> like, I like, I love it, I love it. You know, in the beginning. The oh, universe. for crying out loud, John! Yeah, you you got you got to yes. go. Like, you well, got to one up it, everybody else. He write last. His gospel is written last. Right? It's, when you I mean, wait, it, when you yeah. hold out, you can show everybody. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You know, so he shows everybody else up, and he's like, "Here, I'm just going to go back to Genesis one one in the beginning." That right? is funny. That so is funny. it's in the beginning. Is you know we know the the words from Genesis. In the beginning, yeah. God created the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning, God. Right. Well, okay. Now we have uh, Saint John coming in, and he's saying, "In the beginning." was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now we don't have nearly enough time, space or energy to be able to tackle what is meant by this concept of the word. Right. Um, it is a super important con, uh, uh, concept that actually uh, doesn't originate specifically from scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually comes from, uh, or the way that it's used there, this idea of the the logos, mm-hmm. that's the Greek word for it, this this word for word, logos. Um, it, it's actually, it's developed in some parts in Greek philosophy, mm-hmm. um, but then also in late Jewish writing mm-hmm. that also dealt with these same kind of philosophical concepts and trying to understand the Bible. I think of somebody like Philo of Alexandria. Yeah, yeah. Right? That is able to... You know Philo, right? Alexandria. I mean, obviously, you've read, <laughs> you've read Philo of Alexandria. I mean, Alexandria. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Philo. Of course. <laughs> um, you know, that, that this is... Uh, um, that they were tackling this, trying to be able to understand, well, how do you understand God in this kind of yes. philosophical, metaphysical way, right? And the one of the ways that they talked about this was the word, hmm. right? So this was a, an idea that was already in kind of late Jewish theology, late antique Jewish theology like this, um, that was already there. And, and, and John is grabbing this and is able to say, no, 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 look, the word who is with God and the word who is God and the word became flesh hmm. and dwelt among us. I mean, we hear in Luke's gospel the idea that, um, well, well, actually, it's it's not here in this part, but it's the next chapter that we'll go through. Um, that you know, Mary receives the word that well, the child that will be born to you will be called the Son of God, right? Okay, you know, but I don't think it hits the same right. way that oh, it does when you when you when you hear these no. words from John, right? The word was with God. The word, the word that created the universe. God said, let there be light and there's light, right? So it's, yeah. this, it's this forming creative word of God that has been with God from the beginning and it is one with God. And then the word became 
human. Yeah. Became flesh. It yeah. sounds, it's very poetic. It sounds yeah. very, I mean, it, 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 it um, is, yeah. yeah. It kind of tackles the senses, th- this passage. It's not just, it, you know, the genealogy. It's meant to blow is, your mind. Yeah, it is. I mean, and it's mm. so simple. Mm. It's a few lines and you're yeah. left kind of speechless. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, when you, when you see this, then this is trying to capture, and of course this is capturing something that we don't, we never will have adequate words to describe God because our words are always limited and God is unlimited. He's, he's above it, beyond it. But here we have some attempt, right? Drawing on the highest kind of philosophical language, the most, the most sophisticated kind of metaphysics that they could draw upon Mm. and drawing that in and saying, that's what Jesus is. Right, and and then the one the one final thing that I would point out to this, lest we lest we think that John has gone like just across the board where he's like, ah, oh, well, I'm just focusing in on this philosophical stuff, and like, right. and it's kind of disconnected from you know any other sort of uh, um, you know like the more Jewish or the more biblical kind of understanding, right? Mm-hmm. That as if John was like interested in the philosophy, not so much in sure. in in this. No, what does he say? He says. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, except that the word that's used, and Pope Benedict draws this out, mm-hmm. the word that is used dwelt among us is tabernacles oh, among what? us. I haven't gotten to that part. Tabernacles among us. That it's this, it's the, it's the being, it's God, uh, that he's, uh, like, like when God came down and was with God's people in the wilderness in the tabernacle and then in the temple, this okay. is God who dwells with us. And you can also hear of course the, it's like the tabern- echoes of this. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. So you can also hear the echoes of this later on in John's gospel. When, when Jesus is talking about, you know, abide with me and I will abide with you. Yeah. There's this- it's tabernacle, like a verb, right? Uh, like, yeah, kind like of taking yeah. up residence. Yeah. Right. Like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which is just, yeah, it's beautiful. I love this. Of course, it's like one of the last lines. So Benedict is trying to bring it home in this chapter. He says, John has recapitulated the deepest meaning of genealogies. And moreover, he has taught us to understand them as an interpretation of our own origin, our true genealogy. And so it's like Mm. by making his dwelling among us, I mean, it's saying the same thing that Matthew and Luke did. Like Jesus's story, Jesus's origin shows us our origin. It shows us what the plan is for us too. Right. So it's just, I'm, I've been really struck by like the, the connection between origin and mission and all of this, um, and all these genealogies. Right, Cause he didn't just reason. show up. No, he, he came for a specific <laughs> right. purpose. Yeah. yeah. Right, exactly. Isn't that the starting point to the whole thing? It starts with uh yeah. Pilot asking. Yeah. The very yeah, first, yes. and it's like a very curious beginning to this yes. chapter that like the very first words in this book that Benedict writes about, he begins with sort of the end. He says, while he was interrogating Jesus, Pilate unexpectedly puts this question to Jesus, where are you from? Why would he start that way? Well, it seems to me that it's about the mission. It's about the purpose for which he came. Because here's Jesus at the end of his life. Right. Well, at the end of his, his, you know, his life before his resurrection. Yeah. Right. Um, and at the height of his mission right yeah. there at the, you know, just before going to the cross. And and that's that becomes like the 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 linking back point to you know where are you from well to understand why jesus is there mm-hmm. at the cross mm-hmm. we need to understand what has brought him there right, yeah. right? Where and all of that includes the genealogies that 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 includes us all the way back to adam that includes us all the way back to in the beginning right <laughs> yeah 
how are, how are we supposed to get this on our own? Like, how are we yeah. supposed to understand? Like, I'm sitting here blown away by this, and it's just like, how am I supposed to do this? <laughs> well, this is one of the exciting I guess things. This is why we have Pope Benedict. This yeah. is well, yeah, exactly. This is one of the exciting things I, I find. Like, you think about um, the opportunities that we have as you know, 21st century Catholics. Yeah. To like, never in the history of the world has there been this much opportunity or availability to you know just. Oh yeah, I've got a, I've got, I've got the Pope's interpretation, Pope Emeritus, Pope Emeritus' ter- interpretation of, you know, uh, of these um, Advent reading, you know, of these uh, uh, texts about, you know, Jesus right. and the and the birth of Jesus, the infancy narratives, you know, that I can be able to read mm-hmm. as, you know, some spiritual reading to help me to go into this Advent and Christmas season. See, because I, you know, one thing about like getting ready for Christmas, yeah, like. Sometimes I run across this this attitude where they're like, "Well, Advent is this prep time of preparation and waiting for Jesus to come, and then then we can all be happy like when Jesus comes, as if like maybe Jesus won't come, right. or or that like you know that there's this like you know Advent is not that we're surprised that Jesus comes again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, again? You know, oh, wow. Wow, this like, is great. This Jesus. is great. You know, like, that's why we're celebrating it. Right. In, that we've got to, like, go through this pantomime of being surprised about Jesus coming in. No, Advent is calling us into something that we know, mm-hmm. but looking at it more deeply, right? Um, and, and, and looking at it more deeply and being able to say, okay, um, you know, Jesus came for his mission. And we rejoice in that. And then it's also calling us to be able to see that we can be able to use this as a time to, to take up our mission as well. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of reorient, reorientate ourselves yeah, during right. this time. Well, and that's like, it's a penitential season, right? That's why we have this season is to sort of adjust our vision and mm-hmm. get back on track. I'm just shocked at how, how surprised I am. I shouldn't be surprised because this has happened my the entire adult life of being a Catholic, but I'm so surprised by the depth yeah. of opportunity to learn more and to grow closer to the Lord. Um, when I take a moment to, to sometimes to study, yeah. it's interesting. Cause I've always been just a very feeling person, but even to study like this has been deeply, profoundly moving for me. Mm-hmm. And this is nothing that I would have, chosen on my own to do. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Father. Thanks, Tom. Um, but yeah, it's just it's surprising yeah. to me how yeah. much the church offers us to always go deeper. Like we get to a place and there's still an opportunity to move further towards mm-hmm. the heart of Jesus. And to do it in a group like this. I mean, just in conversation, like you picked up something different than I did and we shared, like that helps too. You know, I, what I would love to, yeah. what I would love to see from this is that you know, maybe like you guys were talking about the meditations that y'all were doing them together with your family, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then maybe you can have the chance to be able to, now you have this prayer experience together, right? Maybe you're going to talk about that, you know, a little bit more or, or, or you're going to reflect back on it, you know, of, you know, what we're praying together and maybe, you know, it happens at the family, you know, groups here on campus, yeah. like yeah. at the ministries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. You know, um, pray together with this people who are, you know, listening to this podcast, Mm-hmm. Right. And then you can have a chance to be able to connect, yeah. uh, you know, with other people who have been, uh, also on this Advent mission online together, right. Mm-hmm. And be able to say, well, what did you get out of this? And, you know, this is where I'm going with this and right. this is what's been inspiring, 
uh, for me in the midst of all of this. Yeah, I just I really hope that that's something that'll that'll kind of generate off from this. I agree. I agree. And if you know, if people want to comment on the social media post of this podcast out on Facebook, just tell like, us your blessings. Yeah, what are, right. What are you getting out of this? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like we want to hear your thoughts too. And maybe we'll even talk about it next time on the podcast. Oh yeah. We'll feature you, first name only. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Cool. Well, very good. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for for helping us break that open. Uh, Thanks for listening to the Being Church podcast today. We hope you've been inspired and encouraged to go be church in your own life this Advent. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd be grateful if you'd share it on social media with your friends and family, or you could give us a rating in the Apple Podcast platform and subscribe so that you receive all our future Being Church episodes. We love you, we're praying for you, and go be church.